Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. When I was uh, young and in school, I used to complain a lot to my dad about how summer was too short and winter was too long. And I'd say it seems like forever in school every day. And then when I come home, the rest of the day seems so short. And my dad said something to me. He said, when you get older, time flies. Now, not that we're older, but time sure flies. You know, that's one thing everybody has equal amounts of when they're on earth, and that's time. The saying over here by C.T. Studd says, only one life will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. You know, as I've gotten older, and I've been thinking about my life, and I thought if I could live it again, what would I capture that I didn't capture, and what would I just let go that wasn't important? Because all of us, has a certain amount of time. And with what we do with that time, we'll determine our life, our influences, how we've influenced people, influenced the community we lived in. And so we need to think about time because the Bible warns us there's coming a time when we have no one, no more time, no more chances, can't make a decision again. It's already passed. And so I want to minister on time this evening or what you and I are going to do with our life and what impact we're going to live on or leave on planet Earth. Y'all seem so excited. Y'all, y'all, time controls all of us. How many times you say, well, I wonder what time it is. You ever said that? Or... Hurry up. We're going to be late. We have an appointment. Everything's about time, isn't it? Your alarm clock goes off, some of you, and you hit snooze. And it goes off again. You hit snooze again because you're controlled by time. Instead, just turn it off and get up and go about your day and capture the moment. Time controls us, doesn't it? Everything in life is measured by time. We're in now 2021. That's a different time. People will say, well, a different year. I'm going to make some decisions, and this year is going to be a better year in my life. But the problem is time can't be lived by a year. It's lived moment by moment. It's lived by the decision that you and I make, and when we make that decision, we can capture the time, complete that, and be everything we want to be or do, but many of us just waste time. You ever called somebody on the phone and said, I hope I didn't interrupt. What were you doing? Nothing. You ever said that? Nothing. Oh, I was taking a nap. Everything in life's this way. And you know what? As I was thinking about this and the message, I was thinking about God's put us on earth for a purpose. You're on planet earth because God wanted you here. 
He knew you were going to be here. He has a plan for your life and my life. He has destiny for you to fulfill that I could never fulfill. And you could accomplish what maybe I could never accomplish. All through life, we've been aware of people in time. When I went to school, it was 1492. Columbus sailed the ocean blue. No, I didn't go to school in 1492. See, time has messed your mind up. But we learn by time. Isn't that true? You ever go on a vacation? And so everything you do, you're looking at the calendar. I got this many days left. And this is what I'm going to do when I get there. And so life has been controlled by time. You might not be a dope addict. You might not be a drunkard. But you're a time addict because your life's controlled by it. But the key tonight, can you capture it? Can I capture it? Can we make time work for us? Because we're here on planet Earth because God has a destiny for our lives. Jesus said there's coming a time when he's going to come again. And when he comes again, time will be no more for us or opportunity will be no more. You and I will have lived our time on earth. You and I will have either captured it or lost it. And when you and I think about it, what good is life if it's not done for Christ? Because only what you and I do for Christ will live on after us. When Ruth Graham, her name was Belle before she married Billy Graham, her father was a missionary in communist uh, country. She was raised there. And so her whole life, her dad taught her that time's very important. And you got to wait for the right man because life passes so quickly by. So you're going to have to be particular about who you might decide to marry. So when Ruth Graham met Billy, or she was Ruth Bell at the time, she looked at him and said, I want a man that's going to do something for God. So she prayed about him. She didn't want to marry him unless he's going to do something for God. The reason she knew that she only has a certain amount of time and she only lives once. And so when she prayed, God said, this is the guy. And she married him. And between them and their life, they had captured time and literally touched the world. Because everything they did was to win souls. Billy Graham said nothing was more important to him than to see another soul come and meet Jesus Christ. So she was willing to stay home as he traveled. She was willing to raise her children, teach them the word of God. But yet, as she did that, every time Billy Graham preached, she was a part of that. Because time is so valuable that if we waste it, we'll miss what we could have been. My destiny, and there's nothing wrong with this, but was to grow up in a town of 3,000, which I did, find somebody, get married, get a house close to the rest of the family, and die one day. That's what my whole family did. They all lived within blocks of each other. Grandparents 
It was so close I could walk to their house quickly. Aunts and uncles, they all lived around. Now, there's nothing wrong with having a house, nothing wrong living by each other, nothing wrong with having some security. But the one thing that's more important is what I'm going to do with my time. I remember when I felt called to minister and to have ministry. Some of my close family said, we just need to get a job. Because, you know, preachers don't have a job. We just goof off all the time, you know. And so uh, they, some of them told me, get a job. Get your house. And I remember sitting down with my grandfather, my dad's dad. And I said, Pop, we called him Pop. I said, Pop, they say I need to get a job. But I feel like I need to preach the gospel. And he looked at me and he said, Harry, you have one life and one chance at it. You do what God tells you to do. You know, my family, the farthest they ever goes about six miles. They don't even cross the bridge two miles into Louisville. It's too far to drive. You're laughing. It's the truth. My sister hadn't been to Louisville, Kentucky in decades. And she could get there in less than five minutes. But that's their lifestyle. I've been everywhere. I've lived in more houses in the 56 years that we've been married than all of them together has lived in. But I, I remember my grandfather says, do what God would have you to do. Isn't that great? God has something for all of us to do. And if we'll do that, God can make our life amount to something. I was talking to a friend of mine. He's pastored in Phoenix for a little over 40 years, never left this church. It's never been a big church, a couple hundred to most at times. And I was talking to them, and I said, you ought to be encouraged. I said, you stuck with this, you preach the gospel. And his wife said to me, you know what? We just had a guy come back to visit us that we pastored a couple decades ago. We hadn't heard from or seen him. But when he came in, he said, I just wanted to come and tell you, I got, gave my heart to Christ here, was part of this congregation, and left. I haven't talked to you, but I started a church, and many, many, many people are getting saved. So I was thinking about that. Here's a couple that has given their life constantly to the gospel. They've never seen multitudes of people in their church, but how many people got saved and went out doing something great for God? And my thought was, if you and I could touch people, only heaven will reveal how our life really played out. Don McCamish, Nancy's husband who's with the Lord today. Alex Wilson's a new convert. He's told the story. He's on the front row in the church in Flagstaff. And if, if I, correct me if I tell it wrong, Alex, just stop me. But he prayed, God, I want a word. I need a word. And I want a word. And he shares with us that he no sooner prayed that, Don McCamish turned and said, young man, and he gave him a word. Now, Alex Wilson has been in Africa 
on different occasions, living there, two different nations, has pastored, traveled the world, and Don McCamish, in a moment of time, gives him a word. A moment of time, hears from God and does what God tells him. And I just wonder how it affected him to this place because who knows what would have happened if Don had not been sensitive to God. There's a time in my life and yours that will capture it. Eternity will come from that moment in lives of other people simply because we captured that moment of time. I was joking with Joni yesterday, and I said, man, if we could go back 50 years, I'd take you dancing. Well, we've never been dancing, but I just thought I could take her dancing. She said, well, you should have done it when I was younger. (laughs) But now time's gone. And we'd be a pitiful dancing-looking couple on the dance floor if we tried to. But see, time. Have you ever looked back and say, I wish I had of? How many ever done that? Or I wish I didn't do that? And I wouldn't have done that? But you know what? That's just the wishes and reminiscing. But let me tell you, when I do that and we do that together, you know what happens? We don't capture the moment. Because five years from now, if we're alive, we'll look back to tonight and say, if I had of. And so the most important thing I can do, and you can do, and we can do, is capture time. Because there's a time we will not have it anymore. And it'll be too late. I hate to tell you, but the person in your church, in your seat tonight's getting older. You can laugh, say, well, I ain't old as you. Well, if Jesus tells you will be. And listen, if Jesus tells you will be, and you'll look back. Time. What time is it? Well, what time do you want me to meet you? But I wondered what would happen if I would and you would and we would capture the moments we're going to have. The moment we're in now and the moment we'll have tomorrow. And I just wish the day would be gone. You ever just get up and say, I wish it was Friday? Or I wish it was Sunday? And then it gets Sunday and I wish I was back to Thursday because that was a better day. And, and so if we'll capture the moment, God can use us and our life will play out and live long after we're gone. My grandpa has been in eternity for 50 years. But he still lives in me. His words still live in me. Don't listen to him. You do what God tells you to do. And there's times I felt like quitting. But I don't quit. Because the words he spoke in my life. That rings tonight just as real as it did the day he spoke them to me. My dad spoke some words to me once. We, we grew up, uh, I won't say we were in poverty, but we didn't have a whole lot. And, 
I remember one day he looked at me and said, Harry, when I die, I probably won't have money to leave you or things to leave you, but I do have a gift to you, and I want to, I'll give it to you, and I want you to honor that gift I gave you. And I'm looking at my dad, and I'm trying to figure out what he's talking about. He said, Harry, I want to give you my name. Hills is going to be your name. I was named after my dad. My dad was Harry, and he said, all my life, I've guarded that name. And all my life, when people said hills, I want to mean something. And he says, I can give it to you, but what you do with it's up to you. And you know what? You know why I never drank and took drugs and did those things? Because I got a name that I got to take care of. It was given to me by my dad. And you know, as I was thinking about that tonight, before I even come out here, my Heavenly Father has given us stuff and given us time to use it or not. Give us time to honor that. You know, I stood at my dad's casket when he died. I stood at the head of it as people walked through. If I've told this, forgive me, but people are walking through and I'm seeing and two really old men come through. They're in the late 80s, early 90s. And that time I was only 50. I was awful young right now, 50. And I looked at him and I said, uh, appreciate you folks coming. My name's Harry. That's my dad. Oh, we know who you are. That's what this old guy, he, yeah, I, we know who you are. And he kept punching me. And he said, if you're half the man your dad is, you'll be a good preacher. You know, my dad never preached a sermon, but he lived one. And when he's laying out, he's in his, turning his bodies in the casket at a funeral home. Older men said to me, if you're just half the man your dad is, you'll be a good preacher. Well, dad never traveled, never went around the world, never held meetings. But every time I've ever spoke or anybody's ever got Christ as their Savior, my dad's alive because he's alive in me. And, you know, tonight as we're here together, our Heavenly Fathers gave us a gift that can't be bought, and that's called time, an opportunity to be who he wants us to be. I said, he gave you and me an opportunity to be. The world's in a mess, isn't it? <laughs> I get more amens on the world's a mess than I say Jesus is coming. <laughs> but he is coming. And so my question is, what am I going to do with time I got left? What am I going to do? When I look at my neighbors, what am I going to do? When I'm talking to someone, what am I going to do? Because not only we're we going to leave this world one day and time's going to be no more here, but there's an eternity out there to where thousands of years from now we'll be there. And we have the opportunity to impact eternity. Can you believe that? God's given you and me the opportunity to make a difference 
2,000 years from now, as we know time, if we'll capture the moment and use it for him. Time. Jesus warned us about it. He spoke about it. The disciples spoke about time, spoke about coming events. And those coming events is all about eternity. All about it. That every man and every woman, every boy and every girl that takes a breath on planet Earth is going to be alive somewhere in eternity. That's why the writer said, what would it profit me and you if we gained the whole world but lose our soul? That's why the writer said, as I look upon the fields, it's white unto harvest. You know, all through history, there was times when God raised people up for different things, like there was a giant and there was David, wasn't there? But in his life, before there was a giant, there was a bear and a lion. As he walked with God and he killed those two, then he was prepared when Goliath came to take care of him too. You ever thought about your life and my life, the little things we face, and if we're victorious in that, how we move on and something else happens and we're able to handle that as well? Well, I remember the first time my pastor told me I was going to be a witness. And you've heard me tell this, but he took me on the streets of Louisville, Kentucky, in the Haymarket District where the prostitutes and drunk addicts were. And we get out of the car. Now, I'm just got, I just gave my life to Christ. I didn't know anything. I mean, I was a good Methodist, but not saved. And so now I give my life to Christ. He takes me there. And he tells me to witness. I didn't know how to witness. He said, tell them that Jesus is coming, and if they don't get saved, they're going to hell. So I remember <laughs> when I graduated from high school, I was 4 foot 11. I weighed 84 pounds. I didn't grow until I got out of high school. And I remember <laughs> these poor drunks, they, I felt bad for them because they, they couldn't hardly think what they was doing, much less listen to me. And I remember getting down and saying, you're going to burn if you don't like Jesus. And they're looking at me like I'm going to burn them up or something. You know what I mean? But you know what he did? The pastor, when I got saved, he took time and he taught me the most important thing in life that I can give my life to is see people meet Jesus Christ. And I've never been able to get away from that. Now, I spent a lot of time in church. I can sing the doxology. I can sing, hear our prayer, O Lord. I can sing it all. But it was a farm, but it wasn't reality to me. And if I can just take a minute. If you'd ask me what time it is, I would say it's 18 minutes to 8. 
but it's never going to be 19 minutes to 8 again on Wednesday night on the 3rd of February. It's gone. You'll never get up again like you did this morning and be able to live this day again. It's already gone. The only thing we got is a moment. The moment. If you guys hadn't told your wife you love her every day, you can't capture it. But you got a moment now. And you can look at her and say, hey, baby, I love you. She'll say, you didn't mean it, but she'll like it. That's what we got. We got right now. We got now forward if Jesus tarries or unless we go into eternity. See, I don't know how much time I got left. I could be here preaching to you and never get home tonight as I know home. You and I, life is a vapor. It's here and it's gone. But we do have the moment, and the decisions we make right now in this moment will either help us to go into the future, really capturing the moment, or it can be just say, well, I don't, I'm not going to worry about it and lose time in what we could have done. There's none of us here today that was in the depression, in the heyday of depression. Maybe there is. Maybe you're a little kid, baby. I don't know. But uh, somebody said, well, we could have that again. We could. Absolutely. But it still doesn't change. The, but I'll be here if that happens, and I'll have time to do something. How many of you are here today? Because either somebody witnessed to you or preacher preached and you gave your life to Christ. Would you say that was good times? Huh? A good time? But as we live here in Kingman, you know, God's helping us, isn't he? People are coming from everywhere, buying houses, building houses. Do you all notice that? And God has set us up for this time. And we got to capture that. I'm going to use a worldly illustration because sometimes we think that way more than spiritual ones. But I remember when he started building culvers. Now, don't say a word, Mike. I'm, I'm, this is a spiritual thing. He'll mock me. Well, I knew all about Culver's, and I remember back when I was in Wisconsin and northern Illinois, and so I was excited because I like them. And so I remember hearing where they was going to build, and I came in and told Pastor Wilson and a bunch of them, guess where they're going to build it? Right outside the Walmart, there's going to be a Culver's. And so I started watching that lot. I did. I even, when I didn't want to go by it, I went by it to see if they'd done anything. So I watched it. And once little equipment came in, they started cleaning and doing these things. And over the period it took to build that, I watched it all the way. 
And then one day the sign says opening. And I said, it's time. <laughs> now that, that's, a worldly, that's a worldly illustration only I could give. But can I share something? It's time. It's time in your life and my life and our life together to make impact for God. It's a time to capture the moment. I said to capture the moment. We've never had this opportunity like we do today, and we won't have it later. And you're here today, and I'm here today, and we're here today because God wants us here. You think you just came? I want to tell you God knew what you was going to wear, and he knew how many times your wife would change before she decided what to wear tonight. He knows it all. Advertisements everywhere now. Get the shot. Get the shot. We've got to wear the mask. I'm not belittling it. We've got to wear the mask to protect not only yourself but other people. We've got to pull together. We've got to pull together. If we do this together, we can overcome this, they say. Well, you know what? I believe that's what the Bible said. If we could just work together and pull together, we could see a great harvest of souls. Life's being changed. Revival happening. Because you and I didn't hope it was going to happen. We capture the moment. Like the sign, only one life. It will soon be passed. And only what Harry Hills does and what you do, that's all that's going to matter. What we do for Christ will last. The man I gave my life to Christ under, he lives in Alabama, and I call him quite often, and I thank him that he cared enough to invest his life in me and share the truth with me. You know what he says to me, Harry? I can hear him now. You've traveled more than I have. you preached to bigger crowds than I've had. You ought to write a book. Now, he's wrote 40 or 50 books. I mean, he's, he's an author. He's been a professor in the colleges. I mean, he's intelligent. I'm not even intelligent, much less write a book. And so he tells me all this, but then I stop him and say, wait a minute. If I've mounted to anything, it's because you invested in my life. That you told me the truth. And you've encouraged me over the years to continue to do God's will. Well, if I can say anything to us tonight or you as individuals, Only God sees how your life can play out. When I go to Clarksville, Indiana, on the banks of the Ohio River, when I was in school, I didn't get invited to parties. I wasn't popular. But when I go to town now, they want me to tell the stories about what's happening. I never dreamed it could happen. I never dreamed my life would matter. 
I thought I'd just live there, and which there's nothing wrong just living there if that's the will of God, but buy a house and have kids and die. But see, God had a plan. And I want you to be encouraged because he has one for you that only you can fulfill. Your husband, your wife can't, your neighbor can't, the people at church can't, but you can. And your life could have such an eternal influence that multitudes could be saved. I told Mary on the phone, Mary, when that man came in your church and there's times you all been discouraged, but you always are trying to win souls, I said, you had no idea how your life would play out in him. And I tell Pastor Murphy, every time somebody gets saved because of you, brother, Jesus died for him, but you invested my life, and your investment's paying off. You know, I believe when he goes and stands before the Lord, I believe the Lord's going to be pleased and say to Pastor John Murphy, you cared about those young people when they didn't feel like the church was theirs, and you cared about the young people when nobody else seemed to care. And I believe when he comes in, he's going to see all of our lives, how they played out, because he made an investment in us. We need to make an investment in people. Sinners need you and me. If buildings would save them, this whole town would be saved 15 times over. But they need you and me. They need us to capture the moment. They need us to share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And can I share something with you? You might not ever preach. You might not ever sing on the platform. Your name might not be a household word. But in eternity, your life can be a valuable asset because of the people you touch with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I can still hear the words, Harry. Don't listen to him. You do what God says. And I want to say that to you tonight. Don't listen to the world. Do what God says. Did you hear what I just said? Don't listen to the newscaster. Don't listen to the stock market. But you do what God says. And God says that you and I can be anointed to take the gospel to a lost world that they might meet Jesus Christ and have heaven their home. Remember what I said earlier, the tendency as time is to sort of waste it then look back and wish we'd have captured it? You can never pull in this parking lot again like you did tonight. You can never come in and speak to people like you did tonight. <clears throat> Not in the same way ever again. You know that? However you sang tonight, you'll never have that opportunity to do it again just like you did tonight because it's gone. It's out of here. But we have right now. We'll have the next moment, the next minute, the next hour, Jesus tarries the next day. And if you and I will capture the moment, you know what will happen? Heaven will gain. And we'll be blessed. 
And we'll see people's life changed by the power of God. Because you and I take our life and invest it in something you can't lose. And that's eternity. Only what's done for Christ, listen to me, will last. You can leave your kids a million dollars. You can leave them homes and land. And one day they'll give it all up. Because you can't take it with you, can you? But you can give them the gospel. You can give your neighbor the gospel. You can give the stranger the gospel. You can give the hurting the gospel. See, we feed people, but the problem with feeding people, they get hunger again. <coughs> and it won't last. We can buy them gas for their cars, and we've done that. But when they run out of that gas, they've got to have more, don't they? But when you give them Jesus, come on now, somebody breathe deep. When you give them Jesus, it'll last. It'll change them. It'll make a difference in their life. And it'll bring joy unspeakable. And it'll cause God's family to grow. And more than that, it will affect eternity because they'll not end up in hell. They'll live up in heaven because Jesus Christ has been shared with them and they accepted him. What time is it? It's time to do Jesus' will. For our lives. Come on, somebody say amen. Please say it. I don't have much more to say, but I'll keep going till you do. <laughs> now watch it, you'll get real spiritual. Hallelujah. Glory. Ah. That old song, Lord, lay a soul upon my heart and love that soul through me. And may I humbly do my part to win that soul for thee. That can be our prayer. That can be our song. That can be our mission. And can I tell you, wouldn't it be wonderful one day to get to heaven and there's all these people there that says, you cared for me? Not only did Jesus die for me, you cared, you shared him with me, and I'm here tonight or today or whatever it is in heaven because you cared. Time. Time. Your, your phone tells you what time it is. Your watch can tell you what time it is. Your husband or wife will tell you what time it is. Everybody's telling you what time it is. But I want to tell you what the Bible said. The Bible said it's time now. The world's getting ready. The world's falling apart. When you see these signs happen, Look up, redemption draweth nigh. It's time. It's time. At any moment he could come. At any moment. And you and I need to capture these moments in this time that life shall be transformed and people will have eternity with Jesus Christ. Because you know what we did? We took some time to love and share with them about Jesus. Bow your head with me.
Bible said, what would it profit a man or a woman or a child if they gained the whole world but lose their soul? You know what makes a good time? That's see somebody pray and accept Jesus, and all of a sudden you can see right before your eyes they're transformed. <clears throat> Their sins are gone. Now they're, they're eternal brother and sister of yours that's going to spend eternity with them. Through this COVID thing and through all the other stuff going on, some of us have lost friends and acquaintances and neighbors, and they're gone. But they're alive still, folks, because we're all eternal people, eternal people. We breathe the last time here, but we're now in eternity. And what a wonderful thing God lets us be a part of touching them so they can be alive with Jesus, where there's no more trouble, no more heartaches, no more pain, no more disease, no more sin, but they can all for eternity be in the joy of God. And so if you and I will capture the moment and capture the time that we have as we begin to live the rest of our days, we can make an impact upon heaven and upon eternity. And so I want to challenge us to consider our time. When you go home tonight, I want you to consider that when you get up in the morning, you're going to have time. You might be busy, you might have to work, you have other things going on, but there'll be some time you can capture. Some time that we would just let go by and do nothing, really, and make a difference in people's lives. Lord, I pray for us tonight. I pray for every person in this building right now. And we want to thank you for the time you've given us here on earth and the time that we're in right now. And though everything looks so bad, you want to do something wonderful through our lives and touch other people. And you said you could give a move of the Spirit of God when all this stuff's happening. And we'd like to see that. But, Lord, we want to make decisions to be used by you right now and make decisions that, God, that we can be a part of your will for planet Earth on these last days as the Bible declares them. Touch every one of our lives tonight. Touch us. Help us. Help us to realize the greatest gift we'll ever have. The most valuable thing that we have now or will ever have is our time. <clears throat> that we might do what you would have us to do in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here tonight and you don't know Christ, we're here to pray with you. We'll pray with you. If you'd like to know more, you can come to me or someone else in the building. We'll pray. But I trust you. When you wake up in the morning and you clock and say, oh, no, it's 7 o'clock. Don't do that. Say, praise God, it's 7 o'clock. And I got some time to be who God wants me to be and do what God's called me to do. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.